0: let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard someone say, make good choices today? Or have you ever heard someone say, you did not choose wisely? (laughs) Whether you have or you haven't, it still remains that there is a certain power that we have in the choices we partake in. So I want to welcome you to today's podcast with me, your hostess, Michelle Spiva, and Practical Priestess of Wisdom. So welcome. Join me on the flip as we get to talking about making good choices from bad options. Oh yeah, it's going to be good. I'll see you on the flip. All right. Thank you for joining me on The Flip. Let's get into it. So today we're going to be talking about making good choices from bad options. And I got this from a um, show that's currently on Hulu in the United States called Little Fires Everywhere. And uh, there is a quote that one of the main characters uh, played by... um, Oh, dear, Carrie Washington, <laughs> her great actress. And she tells the other uh, character, she says um, that uh, in an accusatory tone, you didn't make good choices. You had good choices, options that being rich and white and entitled gave you. And I, you know, I, I meditated on it and I pondered on it and all of that. And I started to look at it. I'm like, you know what? yeah, maybe that's right. I don't know. It could be a whole bunch of things going on and I'm not going to be wishy-washy about it because my experience to that moment was that there must be something to it because I felt it viscerally. I felt it reflectively. I felt it, um, deeply and then I started pondering on it um, behaviorally and I noticed that I was like what makes that resonate with me what makes that so mm, to me and I started looking at it. I was like you know what mm, let's dig a little deeper and so today is part of that digging a little deeper And I'm going to tell you how it started. It started from me having a conversation with one of my siblings. And we were talking about how uh, if you gave the power of government, global, global government, to single moms or dads raising children, uh, you would find that their ability to make decisions and to make much out of little would astound us because they they produce this sorcery every day. They have to come up with great choices when there are really no bad options. And then I thought also about how survival, what happens when we as human beings survive and thrive in spite of everything being against us. And that's where I was like, you know what? There is a way to do this, even when all you have are bad options. So we currently find ourselves in a little pickle globally. We are currently experiencing an unlikely event that is highly impactful. Who knew that the pandemic of this century would come around and uh, do us dirty like it has? And there is, um, there is this theory that pandemics come around every hundred years or so. So every century. And it's also this theory that up until this point, well, including this point, that we've always been woefully inadequate uh, in understanding the gravity of what's happening uh, because it seems like we have many false alarms our, our starts with fizzles and the like. But oh, lo and behold, here we are. The last pandemic of the Spanish flu of um, 1918 and 1919 was devastating. And it was an influenza pandemic. And now in 2020, we are continuing. Well, actually, it started 2019. Let's be, let's be truthful about that. So 2019, 2020, uh, here we are yet again a hundred years. And I was like, what can I personally do to get the wisdom from, you know, having lived through this to understand what I can glean from it and pass on uh, with wisdom and insight for posterity. And so let's talk about how we can make good choices when all we have are bad options. And so the first thing I want to say is is the way you start maneuvering out of a bad situation or an unlikely event that has been highly impactful in the way that this one has is that we start getting to the point of building the habit of making a better way with each choice we make. And each choice we make is very um it's it's very simple, but in application, oh, it can be tricky. And the reason why it can be tricky is because each choice we make is not simply just because we decide to make the choice. No, 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 no. When we are, quote unquote, making these choices, there are other variables that we can't account for. There is a saying by um, Dwight uh, D. Eisenhower, the general and previous president of the United States. And he said, plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. And what he was getting at was that plans don't work. But when you get into the habit of planning, aka the habit of being ready to make the best choices you can at the time, you start to navigate the land the, the landmines of what can happen. And Eisenhower was noted as being very methodical and logical. He, uh, his approach and his strategy was such that he would plan extensively and try to include multiple scenarios. He was um, great at logistics and movement uh, with efficiency of troops and uh, resources and yet he still said that plans are useless but planning is indispensable and so you know you kind of wanna you kind of wanna listen to that wisdom And there's this concept, and you guys stick with me. I'm not going to make it all whatever, but there's this concept called conjunctive events. And if you think of conjunctive, I always think of conjunction, junction, what's your function? You know, like um, your ands, buts, therefores, thus, all of those things that put things together. And it's the same thing. So when you have conjunctive events, it's like you get all these different events. So this happens, and this happens, and this happens, but this happened, and that happened, and therefore that had happened. And that's the down and dirty of what a conjunctive, what conjunctive events are. And because we have conjunctive events, that is why your pristine plan, a lot of times, doesn't necessarily work. And you have a propensity for ending up with you guessed it bad options-hmm so let's let's just talk about this for a minute and this um it is actually called the conjunctive uh events bias which means that we tend to est- underestimate what it's going to take to achieve something and to get something done and because we want all the ands we want Uh, When we make our plans, we tend to make them in our conjunctive bias where it's just and, where we just pile on and progress. So we say, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do that. But we don't realize that there are forces that have uh, great fun. I hate to say it, but great fun at uh, our expense when they put those buts and those therefores and furthermores and all of those different conjunctives in there to mess with our plans. But yet and still, we can still make good choices because of being able to understand that choices are ours to to make. One of the um, things uh, that I, I love is that as a writer and a, a reader, I get a chance to tip into the minds of, of great thinkers and great creatives to be able to glean and even pluck some of the power that uh, powerful wisdom that comes about. And um, there is this fantasy series that I am, uh, I'm actually listening to it when I exercise and do some other things, and I, I'm really enjoying how the um, author, uh, approaches that because um, of how she frames things. And her name is uh, Melissa McPhail. And this is Sephriol's um, uh, C- C- excuse me. <laughs> I always mess this up, but uh, it's a, it's a, fa- like I said, it's a fantasy series and it's Cephriol's Hand. And I hope that I'm saying that right with a C, Cephriol's Hand you know um but anyway she she has these little vignettes between her chapters and her sections because this is fantasy so it's a a long uh tome if you will and one of the things that she had in there attributed to one of the great you know scholars within that world is so simple um but she talks about games and players and pieces and she's uh use this to denote how um, one of the characters that is a mastermind works within what he's doing. And he says to one of the uh, characters, one of his underlings, he says, uh, players know the rules, pieces obey the rules. And then he asks him, which do you prefer? Do you prefer to be a piece or a player? And of course the man chooses to be a player. And so he, you know, grants him um not grants him, but he he does what he does in uh, accordance to what he's talking about. And I know y'all know, know what I'm talking about, about this book, but just it's going to fit. Trust me, it's going to fit about these making good choices from bad options. Okay. And so the man, you know, makes his choice and he uh, becomes all the more thankful for now understanding and knowing the rules of the game that they're playing. Because at first, as a piece, he was just obeying the rules. And at that time, I started to realize the power of choice, even when it seems like you don't have many options to choose from, or they're, they only seem bad. And the, 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 wisdom of that came, like in the next chapter at the beginning, this is what the author writes. Now I'm having this epiphany while I'm reading this book about these players and these pieces, and I've talked about these players and these pieces, right? And so the next chapter says, if you focus on the obstacles, they will be all you see. And I was like, boom, there you go. If you focus on the obstacles, they will be all you see. And so here's a wisdom smack, you guys. Maybe you already know this, but I didn't. Uh, Well, not in this vein. So let me just lay it out that if you focus on the options, they will be all you see. And thus, those are the choices you will make. Remember what I said about um, little big lies? That statement that says you didn't make good choices, you had good choices, and that options that being rich and white and entitled gave you, I had to take pause with that and had to start working on it because it can be where if you change the inflection, if you change the variation, if you change the facet by which you look at what you're trying to accomplish or what you're trying to do. If you become mindful of a way to be adventurous and new and to seek untread paths, your choices in the same situation change. And the reason why I was talking about the the characters in the book and the players and the pieces and all of that is because the options that were before the guy that had to make the choice of whether to be a player or a piece, his options weren't good. They 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 were actually bad. But yet and still he decided, he was like, you know, let me let me go in and be a player. <laughs> and for that, he was rewarded with much insight that he would have never known had he not had that opportunity. And of course, it might sound trite and cliche to say that, you know, every um um every thing that we go through, every loss can be a lesson. But I'm going to say it, and that is every loss that you sustain can be a lesson so that you can make better choices when confronted with the same options. So thank you for letting me work that one through. So remember, we've got these conjunctive uh, events, and we tend to have a bias for us to Think that we're prescient, that we are precognitive, that we are able to always plan. And because I plan, everything is gonna go the way I said it. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the best lay plans and all that kind of stuff. And yet, and still over and over again, they don't work. But like Eisenhower said, planning is indispensable. Plan something, plan something. And when you plan, if you can't plan anything else, you can plan to make great choices today. <laughs> yes, okay. Um The even, let me just say, even if the choices that are available to you are bad, you can make a better way, and you can make a better way by forcing yourself to tap into the ready, uh, ready available pool of wisdom of uh, universal wisdom to change the quote unquote bad into something that will help you to see a different way. Um, I am always amazed at how I have to really work on my instinctive thinking Um, because I have shortcomings. I really do. I work on not seeing uh, things that look to be highly uh, intimidating as a sign of my defeat. I work on looking at things when things come up and and it's like, well, that's out of your reach. Uh, Well, I guess the the buck stops here because um, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get that? How are you going to achieve that? And over the years, I have thankfully started to see where I'm changing because I'm determined to make great choices. I'm determined to shoot for the sky. I am determined to do what I can, when I can, with what I have in the best way possible. And looking back over it, I am seeing that it works. And so I'm gonna just tell you from personal experience, it works. Even when it seems like everything is bad, you can choose, even with that, you can choose to, if you have to force yourself to see some goodness out of that bad, there's a reason why they say uh, there's a, a, there's a silver lining around every every storm cloud. There's a reason why they say that nothing is ever really bad. It tends to work out if you expect it, and so um, it takes a little bit to do that. And it it and when I say it takes a little bit to do that, it takes us embracing the fact that we are who we are and shortcomings and all. So making good choices from bad options, it causes us to have to face our, our propensities of who we are without any effort. And I wish I could say that, oh, we're great without any effort. Nope. We come here and i believe that we come here to work out a lot of things to perfect a lot of things to burn a lot of things out that would not do us good and that hopefully once we get to the end of our mortal coil you know we will have had an lot of a lot of epiphanies and a lot of evolutions to become a better version of who we are than when we started but you know best laid plans you never know but still with that we, we want to realize that who we are does not dictate who we can be. And it's because of, you guessed it, choices. Okay, there's this uh, quote attributed to Dave Chappelle that I want to I want to tell you guys right now. And, it, and what he says is, is the hardest thing to do is to be true to yourself, especially when everybody is watching. And I look at that and it's so much in that. But today we're going to be talking about the the aspect of doing what is expected of you. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because doing what is expected of you sometimes uh, flies directly in the face of what is right for you. Socially, social pressure has gotten many people to go down a road that they can't return from because they didn't make good choices. They made choices based on the fact that Everybody was watching and they didn't want to come off as less than. They didn't want to be ostracized. They didn't want to lose their status in the eyes of their peers. It, for whatever reason, they didn't want to do it. We find that. And I, I, I find that when faced with the scrutiny of, of even just a few people, it's really hard to make good choices. Because there's something about that power and that pull to connect, to engage, and to be accepted. So I am not going to dare sit here and say, oh, just, just, you know, just make the right choice. It's hard. But I'm going to put this out here that hopefully you'll be able to know that it's hard, but you can do it. You can do it. You have to do it a lot of times, okay? All right. So now that I've said that, let me go back and and review what we've talked about a little bit to to make it gel a little bit more. So making good choices from bad decisions. Understand that with each choice you make, you can make things uh, incrementally better. You can make them become stagnant or you can make them incrementally worse. Understand that you can reframe how you define bad by understanding to not focus on the obstacle. Instead, focus on what you want things to be. You can also realize that as you look for uh, a way to do things, understand that you have the power to move from being a piece that just obeys the rules to a player who knows the rules. And the reason why you want to know the rules is because if you know the rules, if you understand the foundations, if you know the why, then you can change the rules. You can change and you can evolve and you can get above those things. Okay. So in the last few minutes I have with you today, I want to talk about some practical things of what we can do to start actually making choices, good choices from bad options. So the first thing is, is to understand that you are in a divine time. I know, I know some people might not like that word, but I'm going to use it. And when I, uh, I when I say a divine time, I'm talking about a time that is unique. Remember, this is a highly um, impactful event from an unlikely one, okay, that comes around only maybe once every hundred years, if that. Yeah. Take advantage of it. And that means that you can kick into the power of necessity because necessity is the mother of invention. Let her help you out. Let her open your eyes to the creative strand and thread that runs through humanity. Let her give you great insights. I'm going to tell you, I have been more creative in this time than I've been in a while. And I'm looking at it as this is great. And so I'm making sure that I cognitively, I consciously make good decision, good choices, excuse me, good choices, because each day I get up, I have a brand new dispensation of mercy and grace and all of those kinds of things. And I'm like, don't squander, don't squander, take advantage of because necessity is working out some things. I'm, I'm doing new things and putting things together that I had not thought about before. And I'm excited for it. And I want you to be excited. So make sure that you take advantage of this. The next thing is, is to start training yourself to see to learn to see the world for what it might become. And when I say the world, if it scares you to think about just the world, change that to my world. What do you want your world to become? What are the options that could become? What are the things and the grace and the, uh, I mean, that you could work through with this grace that you've been given for this the entire world to slow down and the demands of society to um to go out and matriculate and to produce and to do all of these things, what could you possibly do to change what your world might become? Then test start testing your into your intentions and actions to see how they can influence and impact. Step out of your comfort zone to do something. Test it and see, do I get a response from this? Does something change? Does something move for the better? Hopefully for the better, y'all. And the reason why is because a lot of us have blinders on when it comes to what we intend and what is actually happening. Change it up. Change it up. So what if you intend to do something? Intentions never built a bridge. That's why I couple it with action. Test your intentions with some actions and then go and see what is the influence and or impact. If you don't get the influence and impact that you're going for, test some more, change it up, tweak it. These are the blessings that we have at this time. The next one is find new variations and facets to mix and explore. Take the plunge. Nothing has to remain the same. Be adventurous. And when I say be adventurous, be adventurous. What do you have to lose? Because with all of this, you are able to still own your power of choice. As of right now, if you're able to fall under the sound of my voice, you made a choice to continue to listen to this point. If you are listening to this, whether it be during the time, um, the period of recording or in the future, You still have the power of choice. Do you realize something, beloved? I want you to understand this. Hold this to your heart that choices are your building blocks of your future. Every choice we make is a building block. And when you start to realize that bad options are simply because you're so busy focusing on the obstacles that they're all you see. When you start to realize that and you tilt it, I want you to start looking at obstacles as opportunities, problems as puzzles to be solved. Let me say that again. I want you to start looking at, if you you find that all you have are seemingly bad options, I want you to realize that you're focusing too much on obstacles. And instead of seeing the obstacles, see the opportunities. If you only can see problems, problems on every hand, turn those problems into puzzles that are begging you to solve them. And because they showed up for you, that means that you have the ability to choose to become the puzzle solver. That's how powerful choices are. Very much so. And we love a good puzzle. We love a great opportunity. And because we are able to breathe and move and, and and think and do, we're able to take advantage of that great power of choice. Now, in my last few minutes, what I want you to do is I want you to take the time to prioritize. It's important. It's important. And the reason why it's important is because in this chaotic time, you need to start finding that thread of order that you can start to pull on, to pull you closer to it. And you do that by starting to prioritize. Now, what do I want you to prioritize? I want you to prioritize the choices that you are going to commit to making and prioritize them by moving from small ones to big ones. One of the other things, that I have noticed with myself and what I've observed others and even talked to others is that we get that we have choices, but we always wanna swing from the rafters. We always wanna pick the big choices that mess with that conjunctive event that I was talking about. We always wanna make those choices that involve intricate planning that only works if it happens exactly like we want it to. And we know that's far and few between. People have even said, oh, the stars have all got to align for this plan to work. But you have the power for it to eventually work by prioritizing. What does it look like prioritizing your choices? When you go and you wake up in the morning, the choice, get up with a start or drag yourself out. You have a choice. Move your body in the mornings. Exercise it or not. You have a choice. What do you, how do you break your fast? What do you break your fast with? You have a choice. And it goes on and on and on to the point where when you go back to sleep tonight, you will have realized, hopefully, because of listening to this podcast, that the person you are getting into that bed is not the person that you were when you got out of it if you've made choices that have intentions with actions to go to the purpose of influencing and impacting. Now, here's the last little part about that influence and impact. I never said it was on others. Choose to prioritize to make choices that have intentions and actions that influence and impact you, yourself, me, myself, and I, where you become better. You become the person that Has the life that you want. Okay, so I know that it might be hard. I know you might be saying, but Michelle, you don't know the bad options that I'm facing. You don't know how hard it is. You don't know. You can't see. I can't see. And the good thing about choices, they don't require that you have sight. You can be blind and still make a choice. And that's what I love about them. You can be blind and still make a choice. So I hope this is going to inspire you to get motivated to make good choices from bad options. And so guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I want to thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes, like, subscribe, share. Check out the show notes to see how you can contact me. And this is a daily podcast. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.